Welcome to another episode of Faces the Podcast. This Faces. is Michael E. Wilson Jr., aka the Real Mike Wilson, rapper, yep. writer, and producer. And we are here with your boy JB, young host of the Young Women's Simple Podcast. What's going on, handsome people? Beautiful <laughs> people. What's going on? How y'all doing? How y'all people doing? Today we are talking about be grateful and spoiler alert i don't think jermaine gets it no 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 i didn't get this one i think nah, it's people. okay though it's okay though Definitely so okay. to introduce it a little bit it's probably the only truly fictional story in the whole book mm, okay right so it's like definitely the only one where i really made up shit mm. um but with that said what would you do if you found twenty thousand dollars because that's the theme of this story what would you do if you found twenty thousand dollars 20k is a lot like is 20k a lot in 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 the nine to five worlds yes okay i could do a lot with 20k okay and i'm not and i'm the first 10 alone is going to take care of everything okay okay well give me some examples of what things that would take care of this is this is your moment to kind of shine on that before you break down the story (laughs) my man um so 20k the first 10 I think it would take care of the credit card bills. After that, I don't have, I don't have no car payments, so that's good. That's definitely what's up. Man, so boom. And after that, I think it would splurge the other five. Yeah. The other ten, I'd probably give to... I feel like you're just going to get a bunch of Jordans. No, no, no. Those days is over. I might get a car. Okay. Okay. Um, I well, def- if you have a car paid off, why would you buy another car? <laughs> let me talk to Mike about this. Is this when, let me talk to my car people and my people that don't have cars. When you buy a car, right? Yeah. And you pay it off. It's just something about, like, I bought my car fresh. So it's just something about getting that new car smell. Okay. It's something about, and then I, I bought a Honda. You know, I've been working hard. Okay. Jordans don't do it no more. Gotcha. Okay, I, I can understand that. Plus, you, uh, you did grow in the company that you work for. You know what I mean? I right, grew a little right. bit, so it would be nice to just, you know, drive around in a, you know, in an Acura MDX, you know? Okay. You know, nothing. I don't want to know BMW. I want to know Mercedes Benz. Gotcha. That's my thing. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Um, I'm, I'm great with something that's in the middle, but still luxurious. Like, a, even a Honda Pilot. Okay. That shit looks sexy now. Go out there and get yourself a Honda Pilot. Honda, bring me some bread. Me and Mike. I mean, Faces. we we are looking for sponsors. We might only have four episodes left. But Listen, if Honda wants to sponsor us with a car. We will do every episode in the car. I will figure that shit out. He'll take a cord. I'll take a Pilot. <laughs> <laughs> um, with that said, I just realized I skipped a small part of the intro. Um, but I love everything you said. Like, I think that's such a good point. Being like, okay, I'm going to get something that now fits more of the theme of who I am, more Correct. adult more like correct yeah i like that you you're 30 you're like i'm I'm 31 so i'm not gonna want to go out there and buy thousand dollars of jordans yeah i might i'm 31 i might want to take a vacation actually that would be a really good thing to do with that kind of money that's perfect (laughs) because vacations aren't cheap yeah but for 20k i mean that's 20 roughly vacations like you know vacation usually about g or whatever and my first vacation to europe oh man you know what sorry fuck europe excuse my language (laughs) Probably Africa. Yeah. Probably what parts Africa. of Africa would you go to? Whichever one. <laughs> there's only one. But Wait, I know there's it, only one part of Africa? There's, there's several parts of Africa, but I, I don't know. Maybe West. 
Okay. West Africa um, has a lot. There's a lot of West Africa. Africa's huge. Africa's huge. I don't, so. I don't, I don't know where to start. <laughs> you know, honestly, if I if I had to go to uh, Africa, I would definitely ask somebody. Because, you know, we have a lot of people we know that's from Africa. So yeah, I'm yeah. like, what's the first place to start off? And don't start with yours. Don't gotcha. start with what part of Africa you're from. I mean, maybe start with part of Africa you're from. I mean, one of the things oh, I want to do is, like, my mom's super West African. Oh, um, okay. Based on, like, ancestry stuff, whatever. And I don't personally remember what area she's from right now. She gotcha. has ancestry shit, but I like I want to hit those parts because that's my ancestor. Facts. That's my that's my bloodline right there. Facts. So I think that's that's the first thing I want to do when I go to Africa. Yeah. I want to learn all about me. Fuck y'all. Facts. <laughs> um, but yeah, so be grateful. Uh, the story we're talking about today is from the book Faces, obviously, and you can get a copy of Faces on Amazon. Uh, with that said, I don't think JB had mentioned, but he also has Young Whippersnapper podcast. We just, we just start chatting it up, which is oh, fine. Yeah. Young Whippersnapper um, podcast is everywhere. Don't get it. Stop play play. Yeah, definitely check out Young Whippersnapper podcast, which will be returning soon. Facts. Mad pressure. Um, A lot of pressure. OMG. But it's not pressure, man. It's good pressure, man. <laughs> good pressure from good people. Yeah. Yeah. True, true, true. Because um, you said you were having a good uh, conversation with some family about this. Facts. You know... Sometimes you got to be in a good space to be do the podcast. And I think right now I'm getting back to that space to do the podcast. Um, and getting back to that, that, that work ethic for the podcast. You know, mm-hmm. I have different type of work ethics for everything. I have a work one. I have a, a personal one. And the podcast one, I was just like, <laughs> nah, because it's a lot of work. And if you're doing podcasts... You gotta understand it's the editing, it's the it's the, it's the time to it's do it's the scheduling. It's the scheduling. It's yeah. you know, if you wanna do it with somebody, making sure they're available and it's a lot. Um yeah. and I've I'm 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 lucky enough to take a step back from the podcast and conquer some other things outside of the podcast to come back at it now and do a refresh a revise one. Yeah, I love it. So yeah. So yeah. I love it. You gonna come on there, handsome. Always with the handsome in the eyes. You, you if you say it, then you Listen, do it. Like it's the, the eyes is just automatic. Oh man, I'm so um, JV's mad extra. So <laughs> we're gonna give him a chance to hear. Be grateful, uh, and then let's talk about it. Let's talk about what you're not getting. Yeah, let's talk about it. All right, cool. Be grateful. The sun caressed Cameron's face while his tired eyes struggled to stay open. Cameron stared out the train window watching the Queen's bound train soar past him. If only he didn't have to commute to the Bronx every morning. Cameron pulled out his phone but was dismayed by the lack of notifications. He coughed, startling the old woman sitting across from him. He slid his phone back into his pocket and closed his eyes to avoid her stare. Cameron's thoughts meandered from the old lady to his mother. He'd have to remember to call her later in the week. As the train roared across Queens, Cameron pulled a little black book from his coat pocket. His therapist suggested that he jot down everything he was grateful for. He used the pen that bookmarked the entry, multi-level marketing pyramid scheme friends that give me a reason to be social, and began writing a new note on the opposite sheet of the little black book, startling old people. Satiated by his scribing, Cameron lifted his head and saw the old woman snarling at him. Her primordial grimace humored him. He recalled what his therapist told him regarding gratitude. You should write anything that makes you feel grateful. Cameron applied a single horizontal line to his last entry. He tapped the pen against his teeth, tapped his fingers against his knee, and tapped his feet against the floor, 
He thought hard as the seven train pulled into the Queensboro Plaza station. The old woman, still snarling Cameron, got up slowly and left the train. Cameron focused back on the book and wrote, Creepy Old People. The train descended into the tunnel. Cameron carefully placed his little black book in his coat pocket, putting gratitude on standby. The next few stops were quiet and routine. Arriving at Fifth Avenue, Cameron marched up the stairs. He rushed down the hallway to a Mozart symphony played on an accordion. He descended the stairs to the D train platform. The train arrived as he touched the landing. Cameron took a seat under the overhead map and scanned the subway car cautiously. Trying to avoid eye contact, lest he be snarled at, Cameron was looking out for that person. That person wasn't easy to spot. They could be laid out on the seats, their acrid scent pulsing through the car. They could enter the car, sometimes as a pair, obnoxiously playing mariachi or selling concert products or blasting mediocre trap music. They might yell, Show time! and rub their groin against their standing handrail. They call it dancing and ask everyone to donate. Cameron knew no one ever thought about the miscellaneous groins that had rubbed up against the poles when they were commuting on a busy train. No one could bear that truth. Scanning the car, Cameron noticed one peculiar man. Tall and rather slim, he made sporadic gestures accompanied by mumbling under his breath while he rocked back and forth with no discernible tempo. Inquisitive as Cameron was, he decided not to approach that person. Cameron was all too familiar with signs of mental health issues. He was on his way to work with that person for eight long hours. Couldn't he at least ride the train in peace? While lost in his thoughts, Cameron locked eye with the strange man. The man smiled, revealing large yellow teeth. He stood up from his seat and threw his cell phone against the floor. He began yelling, They've been listening to us. They keep listening. Big brother been watching you, me, your families through these smart devices. The man stomped half-hastedly around his phone, both arms bent above him, holding the overhead bar. The phone flew down the car like a hockey puck, stopping just a few feet from Cameron. The train pulled into 125th Street Station. The strange man crouched down, picked up his damaged device, turned to Cameron and said, It's been an honor serving with you, and saluted as he walked out the car. Cameron looked around to see a car full of people staring at him. He closed his eyes, pretending to rest, anxious to get off the train. Cameron exited the train at 167th Street, ascending the short flight, sidestepped a woman running down the stairs, then exited through the emergency door. Cameron took a deep breath upon leaving the station. He was back in the South Bronx. The office appeared empty when he walked in. The sensors picked up on his movement and illuminated the cubicles as he walked down the dark corridor. Cameron wondered if it was a holiday. He walked over to his desk and studied his calendar. Just a mediocre work day. Perhaps everyone was in the field. Cameron reached in his pocket and put out his phone. Nothing. He shook off his coat, tossed it on the back of his chair, reached in his pocket and put out his little black book. His new entry read, Quiet. Signing into his computer, Cameron heard rustling. He poked his head past his cubicle and cautiously scanned the office. He caught sight of Tom, the mouse, gathering scraps from the trash can and dashing across the office. Cameron didn't bother Tom as long as Tom didn't bother him. The quiet that Cameron loaded was interrupted by the obnoxious ringing of his cell phone. Cameron swiftly grabbed it off the desk. Yancey did with a dry, Good morning, Tyrone. Tyrone had only been supervising him for a few months before Cameron started responding impishly to Tyrone's delegations. Cameron couldn't help it. 
Something about Tyrone disgusted him. Tyrone had gotten word that the client passed away in her psychiatric care. She was scheduled to go back to her apartment in a week but suffered a brain aneurysm. Cameron locked the imp away and awaited an instruction. Tyrone did not deliver. Tyrone droned on that someone should visit the apartment to ensure it was vacant, that there hadn't been any unauthorized entries during the client's psychotic sojourn. There was a short lull before Cameron realized Tyrone was waiting for him to volunteer. Cameron took the bait. Cameron sauntered past the cubicles and turned into the long hallway. He entered a small dark room and flicked lights with Sean. The room had an L-shaped desk with a computer sitting to the left and scattered papers next to a key box straight ahead. Cameron deciphered the precise number of the key tag of the deceased client by sifting through the papers. He lifted his head and stared at the wall for a moment. It dawned on him that he'd be entering the home and been already forgotten woman. The air was cold, thick and dry when Cameron stepped outside. Cameron zipped up his coat and walked up the block to the BX2 bus stop. To Cameron's dismay, it was crowded. His hope of getting a solitary window seat was vanishing. When the bus pulled up, the crowd huddled at the back door, waiting for someone to get off and grant them access. They were sorely disappointed when a single person exited from the front of the bus only. Cameron entered with two older women and got a window seat. He contemplated waving at the crowd as the bus passed them, but he didn't want to come across smug. It bothered him that so many people would avoid paying for the bus. It bothered him that they might not be able to afford it. Cameron took out his little black book and added, Financial stability. Cameron thought a lot about the crowd. How could he help them? He made an okay living for a man in his 30s. He imagined what he could do if he had a more exuberant amount of money. How much was exuberant? And what exactly would he do? Would he donate to mariachi bands and pole grinders? The options were endless. The bus stopped in a silent street. Cameron got off and walked a few blocks. He reached the long winding stairs that extenuated the borough's mountainous terrain. Cameron carefully made his way down. He imagined that a single misstep would send him tumbling down the abandoned staircase and into the desolate park. He thought about the woman whose home he'd be entering. It too would be desolate. And if everything was as it should be, void of life. Cameron stopped in front of the tall commercial building. He pulled the keys out of his pocket and used the thickest one to enter. He climbed up to the fifth floor and walked over to the door that said 5E. There was a dent in the door frame from that time the FDNY busted in the apartment and sent a client to a psychiatric care. It took Cameron a moment to recover from the scent that shot out the apartment once he opened the door. The floor was covered in junk. The walls had cracks running to the ceiling, their roaches crawling all over. Cameron decided that he would not overstay his welcome. The apartment appeared vacant. There were no signs of forced entry or any person living there. Cameron carefully made his way to the bedroom where a bed sheet was draped over the window. Cameron tugged at the sheet until it gently fell. The room began glowing with sunlight. The roaches scurried and retreated to the corners of the room. Noticing all her things, Cameron thought about how miserable the client must have been living in such a mess. He walked over to the bed where toned clothing covered a bare mattress. How, how long was she that person? Did she go around talking to herself? What was her thoughts on Big Brother? Who was she before she became a client? Cameron felt something walk across his foot. 
He looked down to see a mouse crawl under the bed. Startled by the realization, he stepped back and bumped it to the dresser. Cameron caught his balance in time, but the dresser wasn't so lucky. A plastic bag fell to the floor, and two bundles of dollar bills slid out the bag and into the sunlight. Cameron lifted the dresser, dusted himself off, and stared at the two bundles. Clients always kept money in weird places, but he never paid much thought to a few dollars. Cameron walked over to pick up the bundles and placed them back on the dresser. Cameron's eyes widened. His pulse surged. He took both bundles and placed them in his coat pocket. Dashing after building, Cameron began sweating from a mix of excitement and nervousness. He hadn't taken money from a client's home before. She was a deceased, forgotten woman. Who, who would know? Cameron called Tyrone and informed him that the apartment was vacant. He didn't mention the money. How much was it? It wasn't until he walked over to the bundles that he realized that they were full of $100 bills. Cameron hailed a cab back to his office. Everything was the same when Cameron got back. Even the mouse rustling in the trash was up to his same campaign. Cameron double-checked that the office was still empty. He walked to every cubicle and checked every room. No one was there. Cameron's fingers trembled as he reached in his pocket to pull out the two bundles. He counted each a few times. What was the old woman doing with $20,000? Cameron thought about what he could do with it. it. It was a good amount of money, but it wasn't enough money. It was only half his salary after all, and, and those poor people at the bus stop, it wasn't enough to help them. Maybe he could invest it. He always wanted to buy a house. $20,000 was enough for a down payment. Cameron put the bundles back in his pocket and pulled out his little black book. He fumbled through his recent entries and with slow, deliberate strokes, wrote the word options. All right, so that is uh, Be Grateful. Uh, so your first thoughts on this story in general, be honest, I think I already know them, but just your first random thoughts on the story. First random thoughts on the story was like, what the fuck? I was like, oh, this is, he's going to have, he's going to have to break this one down. But um, putting myself in it, like, like what I was telling Mike, like 20, 20K, mm. like, this picture what you would do with 20K. Some people are going to blow that shit in a day. That's going to last all day. That's going to last a while for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, I, like I said, travel from from Queens to the Bronx is a lot during the pandemic. Oh, my God. But it, it kind of yeah. like... The pandemic, to me, it has its pros and its cons. Me, personally, when I'm at work, I like the peace and quiet. Okay. I like, especially when you walk into an office and you expect people to be there, and then nobody there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. you like a nice quiet office. Love, love a quiet office. Oh, you stay complaining about how loud our office is, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. This, you know, very spicy office over here. Um, <laughs> ah, yes. Um, yeah, but this one definitely was like, oh, I listened to it a couple times. It's like, okay. I'm gonna let Mike flow this one, and I'm gonna see you know break it down for me, my my handsome man. Okay, okay. So be grateful. Uh, Vocal Media, that's the website. Vocal Media mm, is Vocal. A, like a okay. writing, like a article based website where people post things. They can get paid for it, but they that website offers um, competitions that you get paid for as well. Okay. And so one of the things was tell a story where uh, someone somehow finds twenty k. Doesn't matter how. That's up to you. And it had to involve a little black book. So I think something's really interesting there, at least my attempt, mm -hmm. 
was to show that the by the end of the story that the person had options mm. and if you look at the usage of the little black book he the narrator says it was given to him from his therapist or Thanks. suggested by his therapist Thanks. because to to remember to write things that he's grateful for and so kind of throughout it's kind of used as like a com comedic relief there's a lady on the train who scoffs at him. He's like, he's grateful for old people menacing yes. at him, whatever. Uh, then he has his supervisor who seems to be a dunce. And he's like grateful um, for something in the, in the office. I forget about that. And also, like when he gets on the bus, he's mm -hmm. looking at the people. He's like great, grateful, essentially, to be able to get on the bus and be able to pay those fares and shit like that. So by the time we get to the very end of the story, he ends up being grateful for options because mm. now he has a 20K. 20K. Uh, but the thing about the actual story is that it's entirely a fictional story, but it's 100% based on my old role when I worked in the Bronx mm. um, as a field coordinator for the agency. And when I was being supervised by someone who shall not be named because I did not put them in the best light, uh, but that supervisor, I had a rough time managing up that supervisor. Um, and it's essentially kind of around the time of the pandemic without me saying that's in a pandemic. Mm -hmm. So when he goes into the office, because of the role of a field coordinator in the way that it was used in the agency, um, I didn't have days where I worked from home or stuff gotcha. like that. You know, the office had like kind of shifts where... Certain people came in two, three days a week, as you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's just mm -hmm. like the maintenance staff. Maintenance staff had to be there. So Rough. the field coordinator was kind of a, an extension of that concept where mm -hmm. we had to be out in the field. So we often did go into clients' homes who had just passed away, who had received um, uh, COVID in some kind of way and been hospitalized or hadn't been or whatever. Thanks. And so that was me capturing all those true details, but imagining in a very quiet, kind of safe kind of way, what winning the 20K would look like, I guess, in the time of my own personal peril dealing with that level of stress at work. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so that was that was the uh, the, the purpose of the, the story, the kind of vibe and feel. So does I, that bring something up? Yeah, for you? that you know what? Out of now, you you see how you see how smooth this man is. <laughs> he breaks it down, right? So. To be grateful, right? You go through, you're having a rough day, you're having a rough day. That's what it looks like, right? Having a yeah, rough yeah, day. kind of like an annoying, and, weird kind of day. Like, yeah. he's happy about the office being quiet, but then he gets the annoying call from yeah. the supervisor yeah. that he has to need to, you know, and the supervisor won't even say, I need you in the field. He's just like, this thing happened. And he's like, okay, do you want me to go? Could you? you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, there's a lot of things to be grateful in life, and, I, and, I, and this one, I get it. Like, okay, grateful for old people. Right, being on the bus, even though they might smirk you, they might give you a little talk, you got to be grateful for old people. You got to be grateful for a lot of things. Yeah, and I think this is what, and even what the therapist said, write down what you're grateful for. Yeah, even if you, that, that's like the best advice to do. Like if you, if you're going through one of those periods in life and you're just down, write down the grateful things in life. Yeah, I agree with that. In fact, there's some people, especially like in meditative yoga society related stuff. Mm -hmm. um, having a practice of uh, being grateful is like a thing. Mm. You know, like some people wake up in the morning and just immediately, first thing they do is write down things they're grateful for. They woke for. up or something. That's the yeah. first thing. I woke up this morning. Grateful. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, no, it's but it's it, that's yeah, it's an interesting thing, and I, I think I thought of using that as a kind of thing to use the book. Because I was like, what the fuck else am I going to use as a black right. book for that I need to use for this competition? And I was like, all right, well, you know, that's something I'm already used to. Like um, my ex and I, we used to every now and then get up and do like great oh, food journaling type of stuff. Nice. Um, so I was like, oh yeah, I can do that. That makes the book makes sense. Yeah. I need to make the book make sense. Like this, like I ain't going like therapy. Once again, we talked about it on Faces a lot in previous episodes. Mm. Therapy. Yeah. Sometimes the ideas you get from there, sometimes how it makes you open up is different. That idea right there for somebody that's not each 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 event during the day, morning, lunch, dinner. Yep. Was had its ups and downs. But writing down the gratefulness, okay, you have a dumbass supervisor. Okay. Okay. But uh, there's a perk to it. Oh, he might not be a dick. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a dick. It wasn't a Just dick. A dumbass, not Just a dumbass. <laughs> right? Like there's there's always a perfect there's always something to be grateful about. I, you know, as he as Mike explained it, makes you have a better understanding for the story and makes me want to write down shit I'm grateful for. Nice. That's a good practice to have, man. Facts. Being grateful for things like I was those people I was like, yo, man, why you always chipper? Why you always good? Why you always happy? Because I woke up, bro. And then yeah. you forget. What you're grateful for, dude. When I see you and you're not chipper, I'm like, who? Yeah, people this get that man, man. off. Cause you like, you like, people, I don't know, the, the Pillsbury Doughboy and some shit. You like Mickey Mouse, like you just be so energetic and happy. I, and I don't know why, because I don't know why I be so energetic. And I think it's just maybe my purpose. Mm, that's interesting. Um, I, I thought about that too. Like, why is it? Because I got everybody goes through their shit, and I don't. I I, I definitely have my shit. I go through, <laughs> but it's just something about after when I leave those doors, leave home, I'm just grateful, man. Yeah, I'm grateful to go around, go around work, and see the pay, people I love. Not, well, not. I love a couple of you motherfuckers. Some of you motherfuckers get on my nerves. Yeah, um, I know that feel. Just grab grab a phone real quick. Yeah, do your thing. Um, but it's just, I'm just, I don't know what. That's just different. Um. People, a lot of people say that. I mean, you be you be on some a different type of time. You be always get happy and chippers. I don't know. I go through everything that you might go through. I, I might not have no kids. Maybe, maybe that's probably why I don't have that much stress like that. <laughs> I hear that you know, often. Um, but <laughs> I hear that I'm, often. I'm just chilling out here in these streets and being thankful and being yeah. grateful for the, you know, for the gratefulness I have. I get that. I get mm-hmm. that. Um, you have, you know. A couple of things you're grateful for out of, to close, you know, to shift that conversation of of the grateful. A couple of things, maybe a good sure. five. Um, well, one I shared with you that my spider plant and yes. my um, my pothole plant. So this is Parker. Okay. Because oh, when someone is, gives you a, interesting, everybody. Yeah, because when someone gives you a spider plant, you have to name them after one of the spider men. Okay. So this is Peter Parker, technically. So it's Parker. Hello. I didn't want to call him Peter. It was too much work. Gotcha. Um, and then <laughs> the potholes over here next to the Mega Man figurines, that is her. Um, the reason why she's hers is because I couldn't think of a name. And also, technically, the three plants. Because mm-hmm. when I repot them, I realized they were three separate plants. Okay. So it's like H-E-R, like the singer. Oh, uh, very nice. <laughs> that goes with it. Bang. Um, and I have gotten much better at taking care of them. Actually, thanks to a good friend and neighbor of mine. She taught me a few things. And then I did a bunch of research. Um, like about soil you about fertilization and stuff and uh they're just i only started this summer and mm-hmm. from what they were to what they are that plant's over two years old okay and 
it looked nothing like that. It looked maybe a third like that um, for, for two years consistently, and it's bloomed so much before the summer even ends. Um, yeah, and then this one is just it's just growing so well. I'm super grateful um, to be able to work with the earth gotcha. and to be able to cultivate growth and uh, you know I just think that's so cool to be a part of that process, and especially and literally during a time of climate change where we're getting 65 degree weather in August. Mm. Uh, where California is burning, where Italy is burning, where Greece, so many shit, people Greece. are so disconnected from the, the feeling of dealing with Earth, knowing Earth, and having... Mm-hmm. And, and I'm saying this as a person very new to this experience, but just how enriching it is to be aware um, of mm. these things and be able to know that um, I have a hand in sustainability. And, <laughs> and why are you looking at me like that? No. Told you I might low key be a Buddhist. <laughs> <laughs> yo, my um, guy is going. My guy is. Yo, he's so involved in his, you know, in the earth right now. I mean, it's it's, it's beautiful. A, we're like literally every day. There's an article or or whatever, and it's not mainstream, unfortunately, because big businesses unfortunately own so much mainstream. Mm. But there's so much evidence that we're destroying the earth. Right? I was Facts. just listening to something about how. Like 40% of our oxygen comes from, I don't want to misquote, I think it's like algae or something in the ocean. Okay. And the shit's dying at a rapid rate because of uh, <laughs> climate change Thanks. and shit. And then, um, not to mention deforestation in mm-hmm. general, but also because of the burning of trees and stuff. Like, we're literally losing oxygen yeah, at yeah. a ridiculous rate. And it's, we don't even know it. We don't even give a shit. We don't. We don't. We keep continuing uh, certain practices. Um, and yeah, these these are all things I'm becoming much more aware of in in, in the last few weeks. Um, so I'm definitely no um, expert on it, but I'm, gotcha. the the awareness of it is really interesting to me. Because once you become kind of aware of it, then it's like, well, what individual practices can I do? And one of the reasons, first reason why I mentioned the plant things, because like you know now I feel like I have a somewhat better connection to the earth mm-hmm. than I've had for a majority of my life. Gotcha. Um, just, just the mere fact that I have, you know, a communication with these two plants, gotcha. you know, it makes me feel so much more grounded, mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool. Um, and actually kind of through being single and it, we were talking about people going out by themselves, drink yes. dinner and drinks and stuff like that. I'm able to just experience the world without feeling like I need the world to experience it. Which is cool, mm, uh, which is really facts. new for me too. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm, just, I want to do this thing, and I do feel like lonely, or I do feel like it's going to be weird or awkward. My boy sent me a book that he's trying to get published, and so I'll sit at the table, mm-hmm. have my drink, and fucking get lost in his story. Okay. Um, I went to Dino BBQs um, not yesterday, but the weekend before, mm-hmm. and I just literally had this super strong moonshine drink. Shit was delicious. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like reading chapters of my homie book to the point where I think I was there for almost an hour mm. and just like getting drunk and reading a story. Really? <laughs> you, you see that? That's like, a good vibe though. Get it? Yeah. Doing what you want to do alone and not worrying about anybody's validation, anything like that. It's... And it's a journey because it took me a minute to get there too. But it's like <laughs> now that I'm there, I'm kind of like, oh, this isn't too bad, you yeah. know? Um, so I'm really grateful for the opportunity to, you know, connect with the earth, but connect with myself, mm-hmm. uh, or to reconnect with myself. You know, I was playing um, some Borderlands on, okay. on, the, on, the, on the way less 
quote unquote spiritual level. Right. Uh, I was playing some Borderlands <laughs> earlier today, but also just to be able to have time to be like, man, I'm just going to game and get lost in that shit. Yes. I think sometimes, uh, especially people who want to achieve a lot and people mm. with like talents and stuff like that, we feel like we always need to be busy, always need to be doing something. And yeah. sometimes it's really nice to just be like, I'm just going to do what the fuck I want. It's going to be peaceful um, for today. Thanks. Yeah. And that's, I feel like that's another place I'm in. So yeah, I mean, that's just a handful of shit. <laughs> yeah, dope. You see that? There you go. Yeah. This is Mike, everybody. Yeah. Interesting. Faces. Faces, faces, faces. <laughs> faces. Uh so to kind of throw that back at you, you mentioned certain things that you're grateful for. What's an external uh portion of your world that you find yourself relatively daily um grateful for? Like an external portion, so not necessarily waking up or anything like that. Not something that deals with your main as your main, but something around your main that makes him feel like, "Yo, I really appreciate that." It could be a person, it could be a thing, it could be a place. Oh, um, I'm grateful for the one thing I I, I gotta say that makes my that makes my world shift is my mom. Oh, that's very sweet. Shout out to mom. Yeah, shout out to mom, man. Like. Grateful for that. Um, so, so, there's, 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 there's solid people in my life, in my life that I could, un, I could honestly say, once I hear from them, I'm good. Ah, oh, gotcha. You know what I'm saying? I do. Like when my best friend died, it's still hard for me to, in certain aspects, feel things now. Yeah. Okay. I get that. Um, so that's, you know, I'm more grateful for the people in my life now. Are you comfortable sharing what that means for you and how the other people in your life have shown up to kind of replace those things that make it difficult for you to feel? So when my, when my, when my, I remember when my, my best friend died, I remember I called my mom mm. and the thing and he just, his birthday was just was just recent too. I haven't got a chance to fully, yeah, to fully like grasp it yet. I think I'm gonna do that on my birthday week when I'm off and away. Gotcha. Also, I know you have a couple of homies, including myself. Yeah. You want to do like a little celebration thing in memory of your boy? Go out for drinks to talk. Maybe some shit. you can. I'm just saying you have people to support that. If you yeah, don't want yeah, to, yeah. that's fine too. Yeah, it could be a solo journey. I I remember her saying everything's gonna be fine. He's, He's gone, but he's watching over you now. And mm -hmm. I think that was like the first person I just, I talked to it. Just was like, yeah, I'm good. Like, well, I think once you lose people and I'm, I'm trying to hold in the emotions. Yeah, <laughs> That's no, why I'm I just standing you. up at the I ceiling. Feel you, I feel you. Um, once you lose people that you love, it makes everybody around you more important. Yeah. And, um, Yeah, I get that, fam. I get that. I get that. Um, I had a so the, obviously the next episode we'll talk more about um, all the church stuff. But someone I've always been really grateful for is a gentleman named Brian Williams, who's mm -hmm. no longer with us. Brian Williams was a uh, youth pastor when I was a regular kind of churchgoer, and I will always share this man's name along with Bonnie Reed because in that world. Um, they were two people that always made me feel seen and understood. And he was only a few years older than me. I think um, if I were 16, he was like 23. 
yeah. like around there. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, he uh, he was a young man dealing with like dialysis on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. But this dude was talented. I mean, this dude could walk up practically to any instrument and play it off the whim. Mm -hmm. I don't ever remember him like telling me about learning anything, just being like, boom. He had a gorgeous singing voice, like mm. just sounded mad good for no reason. We'd just be talking. He'd be like, yeah, like, you know, I was thinking about a song. And, bleh, and I'd be like, bro, Casey, could you chill? Like <laughs> he just started going in for no reason. Thanks. Um, and he, yeah, he was a mentor. He was a friend. And when I stopped being Christian and I stopped going to church, yeah. he would just call and check up on me. We would just have conversations about faith and shit. And he never judged me. Like, you never oh, judged me. That's it. Dude. <laughs> to have somebody that just doesn't judge you, just loves you, man. Dude. You don't get too much people out there, man. No. <laughs> that is like... Dude. And that's why... Anytime I get the chance to talk about this gentleman, I always do. And unfortunately, he died way too young. Um, yeah. He... I don't remember what year, but I was dealing with all the life changes I'm talking about in his mm -hmm. book. And I didn't properly recognize, I, I want to say the hurt and pain that kind of was happening for me there, but also mm -hmm. like recognize like what was happening for him. I just kind of heard it and I was like, what? You mm -hmm. know, like mm -hmm. I just, I couldn't even process it for a hot minute because it was just like, this was a dude who was treated poorly by mm -hmm. their church, but he was in a church three, four days a week. Thanks. He was super helpful. He was kind. It was just an amazing person in every way I could think of. Right. Um, but yeah, no, he was definitely someone, you know, the, the only reason why I wouldn't call him a best friend is because I definitely think I saw him as like a true big brother. Gotcha. Um, and I think he saw Correct. me as a true younger brother. Um, spent time with him and his wife, like just a gorgeous human being mm -hmm. in every way, shape and form. Um, and I, I still remember him, uh, Bonnie Reed, uh, not to get so much into her story as well, but she was another person of that. Uh, and she was more like a grandmother to me, mm -hmm. uh, ironically, yeah. with the next story. Um, but I definitely know that feeling of losing someone who is just an extraordinary figure, whether close friend or, you know, um, what, whatever the case of the connection might be. But that's tough. And just, I, I feel you on that. And, it just makes you more. Yeah. And I think I think once you lose, once you lose somebody, there was an actor that just died. Um, I forgot his name. He was he's twenty five. He was young. He's in one of these new series that's out. Gotcha. And uh, maybe a week or two before, he, his father had just suddenly passed away. Gotcha. And he and he and he lost it. Yeah. And he ended up dying a week a week or two after. He's twenty five. Yeah. Like there's there's some people that when you lose certain people is as the like I I'll be real right now if I if my I rebuke this in Jesus name Amen if my mom goes I'll probably be missing. You know, you won't find me. <laughs> I, I'm laughing at just the idea that you're like, you won't find me. And I'm no. thinking to myself, motherfucker, I'm looking. <laughs> no, you're looking at me, but I, I'm it, looking for you is what I'm saying. You, you, you're going to be looking. I'm, I'm probably going to disappear no. because it's some like, especially when you lose somebody, it's like it makes you more. Like I said, it makes you more appreciative for other people. And people don't understand, like you might become more attachy. You might want to become more connected. No. You might want to become more. You might want to love them more because you just lost somebody that was part of your box. Gotcha. Or even inside your box. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and there's not a, there's, there's not too much men that that's mature that guide younger men. Yeah. 
Uh, in in the right way. Yeah. I mean, I have never seen a man love his wife the way I ever saw Brian Facts. love Allegra. Mm. Um, and shout out to Allegra because I know she's you know out there doing her thing as well. Um, but mm. yeah, like, no, I get that, man. I get that. Yeah. I mean, so I think, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm grateful to have ever known him. I'm grateful to have learned so much from him. And it sounds like you feel the same way about your homie. Yeah. Um, Michael Colbert, my guy from Michigan. God bless. <laughs> much love to you, man. Shout out to Michigan. I know some good folks from Michigan. Michigan. Oh, my God. <laughs> Great place. Take, take a hundred mile drive. Battle Creek. Nice. Nice. Right. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I, I guess there's so much to be grateful for. Just the fact that you, so you have such a such an amazing person in your life as well. That's it. I think what I think now, I think, you know, when, when, when you, yeah, I'm yeah. grateful for, I'm grateful for everything. God, God bless. No, I feel that, man. Um, so, oh, I am grateful for one more thing. Shout out to fucking Jermaine Bain <laughs> for fucking rocking with me with Faces the Podcast. Faces! So, a few, a few things. Oh, really, like one thing. But, obviously, we're about four episodes, uh, away from kind of like the finale of what faces was intended to be sorry to keep it so short on y'all but literally faces is about the book and the book is only about so long um so we have i want to say two more stories yeah i think we have two more stories and a bunch of poems the poem episode we will do uh all the poems a lot of the poems are very short so we're going to do that we're going to discuss in between and kind of go from there uh, the next episode is actually called Grandma. And so as we've kind of alluded in this particular episode, Grandma is actually about my grandmother. Oh, nice. Um, very nice. And my grandmother was a reverend. She was a very interesting spiritual lady from the South. And so if you guys have any thoughts or questions or, or times that you spent with a, mm-hmm. maybe a grandmother, if you nice. want to share anything about that, we would love to share about your grandmother. Mm. If you send us an email, you send me a message on Instagram at TRMWBK, which is where you get the real Mike Wilson, or you can send any, uh, a message or email to YWSPodcast1, where you can get your main. You already know YWSPodcast1, the IG. And you'll definitely want to go there so Jermaine can send you the link for uh, Young Whippersnapper so you guys can start listening to that because you got to get caught up before he gets back into the game. Uh, but yeah, if you have anything you want to say or any questions or thoughts, you can send us a voice message or a message in general. Uh, what, is, what is going on up there? Um, let me go, Mike. Let me go. go okay, go. Tagged it. You, yo, listen. When Young Percent Podcast is coming back. <laughs> you heard me? You heard what he just said? The hidden gems? Bro, I'm just about to be glowing gems by the time I'm back. You better, oh, you, yo, yo, listen to the podcast. It's about to be lit. People about to come on, real real niggas is about to come on, real women about to come on. We all know, I mean, real women, real women about to come on. Yeah, don't get this canceled, man. He <laughs> <laughs> means real people. <laughs> real human beings, but the real ones is about to come on there. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not talking about no scrolls. Oh, man, I love it. I I'm love talking it. about human beings. They're going to come on talking this shit. Yeah. And let they nutsack, bro. It's going to be fire. Um What's it, I, I'm going to regret this. What's the equivalent of a man's nutsack for a, a person that identifies as a woman? <laughs> <laughs> Worth <Listen>. it. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get back to that. Uh, I answered that one. Uh, um, but listen, when I tell a man, <laughs> making make nutsack, bro, talk your shit. Yeah. I won't. Female, talk your shit. Make your shit. Make your breast sag. <laughs> make your breast sag. Make 
I was actually worried you were going to use a different euphemism. I was, but I was. I figured that was a safer route. (laughs) God bless. Have a go. I love it. I love it. Uh, And yeah, so you can also email the real Mike Wilson mail at gmail.com. Don't forget the three track EP and Luov is actually currently streaming. Um, Faces the book. You can also purchase on Amazon. Uh, What else? Yeah, I mean, just like support local businesses and shit. I don't know. Uh, no, guys... no, facts. Go out there and support your local businesses and go out there and support more black businesses too. Why not? Absolutely. Go out there. Your local businesses need you, especially if the, the economy is back and booming. Go out there and support YWS Podcast One God bless you. Let's make it happen. So you guys have a great day and we'll talk to you in the next episode. JB. Take care.